This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy, out along with Bruce Marshall, and we are, if you're having that bowl, uh, kind of uh, having that headache trying to deal with it, this is a. This is the migraine season. It used to be the bowl season, but it is difficult. Now, information over numbers is what we'd like to talk about. Paul Stone it echoed that when we talked about it. But, man, whether it's Texas San Antonio with Frankie Harris uh, not uh, unveiling that he was not going to play until about two hours before kickoff, that line tumbling about five or six points. Whether it is some sharp money coming in on Coastal Carolina, there was that was the biggest difference, the biggest disparity in the number of uh, players unavailable, whether it's transfer portal or opt outs. Uh, San Jose State have very few and 25 for Coastal Carolina, including a third string quarterback getting his first action. And then last night, we didn't know if Robert Bean was going to play for the uh, for the uh, <clears throat> for the Kansas Jayhawks. Well, we've seen quarterbacks dress out. We've seen them uh, warm up and we've seen them not play at all. Uh, or in college football as of late. And that thing tumbled down, and we could have fallen right in the middle. But uh, Kansas, uh, boy, I thought there was a, a a poor man's version of Miami-Texas Cotton Bowl. I mean, 200 yards of penalties. I mean, every yeah. play was a 15-yarder. So, Bruce, before we get into your picks, just the, the headache real quick. Uh, and what are you doing uh, to try and, you know, kind of guard yourself from – diving in on it i guess with the best thing is what we have available at bet rivers and in these mobile sites at the comfort of our own uh, cell phone and that is in-game playing is available and you can see who actually goes out there for the first snap that bingo that's the thing uh, jimmy because in-game means something here and i think what you find out and what we found out from most of these bowls especially where the quarterbacks have been out i go back even to that uh, western kentucky old dominion game last week where ross and reed wasn't pulling out until like the yes. day of the game um and Western Kentucky is way behind and came back. But some of these backups aren't that bad. You mentioned Vasco from uh, Coastal Carolina. He had played a little bit at the end of the season, but he ended up being not all that bad. So some of these second, third string guys, you know, it's not always a, a total negative for them to go with a backup. It doesn't mean the team's going to drop off the map. They can develop, develop a game plan a little bit different for that. What's odd, though, like you said, is some of these guys, I mean, you, you, we don't know until like the day of the game, then all of a sudden they're pulling out. What gets me is why the coaches let these guys sit, sit on the sideline after they uh, they opt out. I don't like that. Um, and I've talked to some other coaches. They say hey, they wouldn't. Older coaches say hey, we wouldn't have done that. So that's just a personal pet peeve of mine. But uh, your in-game uh, comment there is worthwhile because I think that's a, that's a really good way to sort of smooth this stuff out and you can actually see if these guys can play or can't play. And that's a very good idea. Now let, let, let's let's – Let's, you know, use our, you know, our knowledge of history with the bowl games. There are some when everybody, before anybody's opting out, I mean, everybody's playing full roster. There's motivation. Never a sure. question. You sometimes, you just did not know who was going to show up. 
in these right. bowl games. Whether or not they, whatever they're doing, whether the coach just lets them celebrate and have a good. I mean, so it's always been a little bit of a mystery, and we're trying to. And the other thing is, like you said, the third string quarterback for Coastal Carolina, you he can have a decent day. He played pretty good, you know. And so it's just a matter of young players, you know, having a good day or a bad day. So we try and. You know, we want to predict this and we want everything just kind of set out. But there's even before the opt out era, <laughs> there were some variants in these bowl games. Well, you know, the, the most famous of all, I mean, for years was that Arkansas, Oklahoma. Rolling Sales bowl, game. Yeah. Rolling Sales. When, uh, when uh, Lou Holtz, first year there, I mean, Ben Cowens and Michael Forrest had suspended their top two runners before the uh, bowl game, and Oklahoma's going for the national title. And boy, Arkansas circled the wagons and won that game uh, resoundingly. Um, so that, that was the early example, but you're right. I mean, some of these guys, uh, backups uh, can play, but that, there's that other angle in there. And, and this is one you really can't tell until you see the game start. That's why the end game is there. Some of these teams just don't show occasionally for the game and, uh, which is hard to peg beforehand, <laughs> but boy, if you can see it in the first quarter or so, that's where the uh, in game stuff comes in handy. And, 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 but I'll just tell you a couple of uh, LSU games the last couple of years. I mean, Purdue, a Brom goes from uh, Purdue to Louisville, all kinds of players sit out. They have no chance against LSU. Mm -hmm. LSU won by 50. They could have won by 100. Okay. Yeah. And then the year before, when they fire Ozron and hire Kelly, Kelly's not in. So 39 scholarship players went to the Texas Bowl at Kansas, Kansas State, had no chance. Right you know, with right. that type of roster. So, I mean, we could talk about Florida State. They played Georgia one year in the bowl game. Anquan Bolden is playing quarterback, you know, so it was very little chance uh, that they had. So, I'm not trying – still there's a lot of things that you go – to me, right. it's been a more of a personal headache handicapping and seeking information, but we at least have to try. Let's get to it, Bo uh, Bo Brucey, and let's go to the Gator Bowl. Clemson and Kentucky. Speaking of Clemson playing it, this is a program that's obviously played for bigger stakes. If you wonder about their motivation, one thing about Dabo, though, now they got they got uh, sh they got shredded by Tennessee last year, but some of these games, you know, when their 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 preseason goals are no longer in within reach, he he does a decent job of getting them motivated. Uh, Stoops. With their, uh, the bowl game, well, we could uh, talk about them uh, last year against uh, Iowa. That was ugly, ugly business. And Leary just never – I wonder about if he's just flat out a quarterback killer. I mean, he is at Levis and Leary back-to-back -back years in uh, the last three years in very little uh, production from the quarterback position. Clemson, four and a half in, uh, in Jacksonville against the Kentucky Wildcats. Yeah, and uh, Kentucky last year, uh, Levis didn't play in that game against uh, Iowa, and they just really just were flat. That was one of those things in the first half you could tell something was just wrong with Kentucky because the backups didn't do much. And, and you're right about Larry this year. Disappointing, I think, overall. A couple of games, they did salvage something with that win over Louisville at the last game of the regular season. Uh, on November 25. But, you know, this year, if you look at Leary's stats, two times this year he passed for more than 300 yards. <clears throat> I think it was the six times he did that uh, two years ago, seven times his big year, 2021 at NC State before he got hurt uh, last year. So it hasn't been quite the year that they expected from him at uh, Kentucky, Jim. We, we talked about that during the regular season, too. You, you know, maybe uh, you might have gotten some text from me that night of the uh, the ACC title game when Florida State was playing Louisville. I said, this is all Dabo's fault. All he had to do was beat Florida <laughs> State like he should have done back in uh, September. This team had a death wish, Jimmy. They found ways to lose. I think this is probably the best team. They really, they should have really beat Florida State. And they should have yes, won some did. of those other games they yes. lost uh, this year. 
Um, but in November, uh, Clemson started to play much better. And by the way, Dabo has a pretty good, not last year, didn't work out, but for the past decade or so, a really good bowl postseason record uh, for Dabo. But down the stretch, they started to play well. We started to see the Clemson we thought we would see. They won four straight to close out the regular season. One development on offense, when Shipley got hurt and missed that Notre Dame game, uh, Phil Maffa, who had been there and had been sort of a secondary back, sort of emerged as a feature back and really put up some big numbers in November. Even he put up over 150-plus against Notre Dame, and he kept running well even when Shipley came back. So Dabo was using them both, and Maffa seemed to get the offense sparked, and Klubnik started to cut down some of his mistakes in November too. So that was a different Clemson down the stretch. Nice one over South Carolina to finish things off. His history makes me think in bowls. Uh, Clemson's going to be the side to look at here. And, and uh, like I said, for the most part this year, uh, Kentucky just didn't fire with, uh, didn't uh, ignite under, with, a, with a Leary at quarterback. Clemson for me down in uh, Jacksonville, Jimmy. All right. Uh, you know, Bruce, and I think it's fair. We, we, you're constantly learning, okay? Things are th- – this this game is of handicapping is constantly evolving. But if you're going to try and learn from your handicap, and you have to be true to yourself and distinguish between what is a good handicap and what was luck. I had Florida State that day at Clemson. That was luck. I mean, the defensive touchdown and then the short missed field goal. I mean, you know, it, it was – it uh, I cashed a ticket, but that was lucky there. Hey, right now until the till New Year's Day, you can earn a twenty five percent college football profit boost when you place a real money live wager of twenty five dollars or more on any college football in any bowl game. Profit boost can be claimed one time daily during the promotional period. Again, that's from our friends over at Bet Rivers. Let's move on. Go from Jacksonville to the desert, Tucson, the Arizona Bowl here. Craig Bowl announces his retirement. Well, here, boy, you're talking about some extra motivation here. Wyoming is three and a half over Toledo. Toledo lost that MAC championship after a great year to Quan Finn, their outstanding quarterback, dual threat quarterback, is sitting out of this one. Yeah, and uh, that's a big development here because Finn was really a great dual threat for uh, for Toledo this year. Although they were, you know, even though they got the record was good, they got back to the MAC title game. They were heavily favored in that game, and they lost. And they were point spread wise, the last two years even Toledo hasn't been as good as we thought they should have been with that uh, record. So they fell a little bit short. Now they don't have their quarterback, but. The big deal here is with Bull. Um, I might have told you before, at all the media days I've been to in, in the summers, the, my favorite coach to talk to was Craig Bull. And if I had a, a son I wanted to play college football, I'd probably send him to Wyoming to play for Coach Bull. He's really a genuine, good guy. And by the way, don't feel bad for him here. He is apparently moving into another role is the, with the American Football Coaches Association. He's going to be the president, apparently, of that. And that's a pretty big deal and a pretty big honor for a guy. So, and he's a perfect candidate for that. He's 65 now. He's had a great year, great career in North, Carolina, North Dakota State. He started that thing going with the championships there uh, with the Bison and then uh, 10 years in, at Wyoming and, and all these bowl games there. Though they run sort of an old-fashioned offense, uh, he's a Nebraska guy, and this looks a lot like what Tom Osborne used to, <laughs> Bob Devaney used to run there at the Nebraska, a lot of between the tackles running. But they open it up a little bit more this year, and Peasley, the quarterback who transferred in from Utah State before, he can do a few things. He can run around back there if he needs to, and uh, Whaley turned into another uh, good uh, running back here, the transfer who came in after several uh, running backs, 1,000-yard backs they've had in recent years at Wyoming. But the fact they're circling the wagons are for bowl, 
Uh, the fact they've played down here in Tucson before in this bowl game, the fact Finn is out for Ohio, uh, we got to be careful about some of that. Like we said, some of these other bowls uh, that hasn't the, the backup quarterbacks have come in there, but I, it would be hard for someone to be as good as Finn was for Toledo because he was most of their team. I'm going Wyoming here. Craig Bowl sent him out a winner, and I think that's a good spot for the Cowboys down there in Tucson, Jimmy. Yep, I, I agree with uh, that one as well. All right, uh, SEC versus the Big Ten here down in Orlando. Tennessee 8-36 and 36 over the Iowa Hawkeyes. Hawkeyes 10-3 and three, uh, on the season. Could have been, uh, should have been 11-2 and two with that uh, invalid fair catch. But the Volunteers here 8-36 and 36 over the Hawkeyes. Yeah, I want to be a little careful about the Big Ten because to this point, early on, we saw a couple of Big Ten teams actually do okay. I mean, Minnesota, although it was only Bowling Green, uh, with the backup quarterback who had hardly ever played. Uh, they ran the ball most of the game, but they won. Northwestern kept it going last week against uh, last weekend against Utah yeah. and Las Vegas. So they haven't fared so badly in the early action. But now the competition is stepping up a little bit here. Tennessee, although I did have a little – nightmare the other night that this game might be 3 nothing Iowa at halftime and Tennessee just can't get going. But all Tennessee has to do, Jimmy, I think, is score first. Uh, make Iowa play from behind here. I mean, we saw, and you talked about this during the regular season, um, the Penn State and Michigan games, and the Michigan game and the Big Ten title game at the end. Combined score of those two games, Jimmy, 57 to nothing, uh, And the nothing was on the Iowa side. The Penn State game, only four first downs. And uh, that was back, you know, when McNamara was at quarterback with Deacon Hill in there at quarterback. I mean, he is really, um, you know, he makes Zach Wilson look like a good uh, backup. I mean, he does not do too much. But that's sort of by design there in this Brian Ferentz offense. By the way, the, the last Brian Ferentz game where he's going to be the coordinator. But they're just so stodgy there. And that style worked in the Big Ten West this year. We saw all of those teams, you know, whether it be Illinois, and Wisconsin, and Minnesota, and Purdue, and Nebraska, they all sort of look the same. And Iowa just did it a little bit better than those other teams. That ain't going to work, I think, against against a, a real SEC offense. And let's see, uh, you know, Tennessee, Joe Milton played very well in the bowl game last year against uh, Clemson. Uh, like I said, all I think Tennessee has to do is get out ahead in this game, make Iowa play from behind. Um, Milton is the best threat on this field. I think Tennessee wins this thing. This is also sort of an anti-Iowa vote. I just am not convinced they're going to be able to beat a good, a, a decent team with a real offense, and Tennessee at least has that. Tennessee for this one in Orlando. For All right, uh, the Vols uh, minus the eight there. Hey, don't forget football season winding down. Get extra football, uh, get extra value the rest of this football season with the Bet River Squares. You can win up to $10,000 in bonus money. Bet $10 in same-game parlays on any game with the Squares icon to earn a square. That's brought to you by our friends at Bet Rivers. All right, the appetizers are out the way. Let's get to the entree. First of all, in Pasadena, the Rose Bowl. This line has ticked up a little bit since we did this with Paul Stone yesterday. Alabama now plus two, uh, minus a little juice, minus 13 at Bet Rivers right now against the <clears throat> against Michigan here. Yeah, and a uh, little uh, bull uh, uh, retro re reflection here uh, because a lot of the same stuff I'm hearing from Michigan about the great defense and the great numbers that they have defensively. It reminds me about uh, what I was hearing about James Madison before the Air Force game and that great rush defense for James Madison, only 62 yards per game, and how's the Air Force going to do it? No. 
irrelevant uh, because they don't. There weren't that many teams that ran the ball well in the Sun Belt, and they were all playing from behind against James Madison anyway. They hadn't seen anything like Air Force, and Air Force ran the ball down their throat for 351 yards. A lot of what Michigan did this season was the same thing as a year ago, a game, a game against these Big Ten offenses and a softer non-conference schedule. I never saw a schedule roll out on a red carpet like that like it did for Michigan this year. None of that stuff, none of those teams look anything like Alabama. And, oh, by the way, last year ten, TCU broke big play after big play after big play in that game uh, down in Arlington against Michigan. And, and Georgia moved very freely two years ago as well. Alabama's going to move the ball against this Michigan defense. It's going to be up to McCarthy and them to try to keep pace. I don't think Michigan can. Um, there's a lot of dist- – the distractions have seemed to have, have – have uh, uh, strengthened Michigan here. Talk about circling the wagons this year, all the Harbaugh stuff and other things like that. But uh, at some point, that stuff might start to catch up with you. And there's a lot of other things. Now you got, you know, possible NC2A penalties coming down, Harbaugh to the NFL. That stuff is coming up again, too. At some point, it might catch up to them. Nick Saban has won a lot of these games. This is a different team down the stretch. Or actually, since the South Florida game. Uh, after that, and Milrose started to improve at quarterback. I mean, he could win the Heisman next year. That's how much improvement he's shown this year. I think Bama gets him here. And uh, this is a strong vote for me for Alabama. I wouldn't be surprised, Jimmy, like you, if this number started moving back towards Bama before kickoff. We're getting kind of late here now. And we haven't seen it yet. It wouldn't surprise me if we saw some movement to Alabama. If you want the tide, get him now. It is, it, yes, it is surprising me, but I do think this is a high point uh, for Alabama at uh, plus two. All right, uh, let's get to the uh, the nightcap uh, down at the Superdome and Texas and Washington. Texas four and sixty four over Washington, Bruce. Buckle your seatbelts for this one, Jimmy. I think it's going to be a wild and woolly show in the Superdome uh, down nearby you on a New Year's night. Um, and I don't. I don't downgrade Washington for all these close wins. I mean, they're sort of like the Minnesota Vikings of last year uh, for this year in, in the Pac-12 and college football. A lot of close uh, wins. They don't have a win by a double digits since that Michigan State win uh, way back in uh, in September, I think. So, I mean, all their Pac-12 games were kind of close, but that's okay. I mean, they were wearing a big target this year. They found ways to win some games when they were legitimately in some trouble. Uh, and they came back and they won. And I think Kalen DeBoer, the job he did since he came in last year, just spectacular. And they beat these guys, Texas, in the Alamo Bowl last year. By the way, it's Sark. And this whole tournament in the Final Four is almost the Sark Invitational. All we needed is USC in there uh, instead of Michigan. You'd have teams with uh, all Sark connections in there. And, of course, he coached at Washington before, too. Uh, uh, Penix will be able to, to trade points here, I think, with with the with Texas. The concern I have, though, for, for Washington a little bit is the defense. Uh, they This was a bend-but-not-break uh, defense, and at some point that can end up burning you. And uh, with the improvement that Ewers made this year from last year was really spectacular on the Texas side. And Sark said one thing uh, late in the season. Is he not, after Brooks, his top running back, got hurt, he said, I still think we can run the ball, and he said, the, and he said, but we, what we really like is when teams know we can run, we can still run. And we saw that all the way through uh, the Big 12 at the end of the season when they were really mowing down, especially Texas Tech and Oklahoma State the last two games. Bottom line is I think this thing is going to be swinging back and forth. And Penix is going to be able to keep pace with the te- with Washington, very resilient. That's 64-ish or so. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's high enough, Jimmy. I think this game is well into the 30s, maybe into the 40s. We've seen some shootouts. I watched Washington play a 52-42 game against USC at the Coliseum. That game could have been higher scoring. 
I'm not sure this is going to be that high, but it doesn't have to be quite 94 to get over 64. So over for me in the sugar bowl. All right, over Texas, Washington is your bowl over 64. Bruce, great stuff as always. Next week, a little combined. We're going to a little tri-cast with uh, Paul Stone, Bruce, and myself as we'll preview the national championship game uh, and, uh, in college football. So, uh, Bruce, good luck, man. A happy holidays again for Bruce Marshall. I'm Jimmy out here in the Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.